Thanks. Season four. Episode four. <laughs> Should we can it? Yes. <laughs> Let's shit can this. Season four. Episode four. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> We're the least interesting people ever. I'm bored. <laughs> Welcome to Linux. Ba da ba! It's season four! No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. It's worth trying. Ba da ba ba da ba! <laughs> they don't ba. start like that. <laughs> Stop! Stop! He's not ready. Oh. Season four, episode four. <laughs> and we've got a great show for what? you. What? I'm sorry. That was a personally spontaneously burst into love. That was me tickling Ack. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> was that Spider-Man? It was. Season four, episode four. No, 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 no. <laughs> Season four, episode four. We've got a great show coming up. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, got a great show coming up. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Ooga booga! <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a no, and you know it's a no. <laughs> Welcome it's to Lo- Lo- <laughs> Lo- <laughs> Lo- <laughs> It's the fourth episode of the fourth season oh. of four. Not <laughs> radio. Forty-four. Forty-four. That started off well. Yeah. That's shite, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> it's only good in my head, but I never bothered to go beyond the second four. That's because there's only ever two things in your head. <laughs> Guess what, people? It- Don't say we're back, <laughs> because we always say Guess we're what? back. Guess what? We're back. <laughs> we're back. No! I've got a back and back crack Season four, episode four. I've got a whack back and funny suck backy whack crack. God, 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 God. God's sake. I can't work with people like this. Go, no, 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 no. have <laughs> been fu- Hello, season four, episode four. <laughs> Welcome back, you filthy, filthy people. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> season four, episode four. And a great episode it is too, in my humble opinion. We've got stacks or, in this episode. It, or I we know, as Matt might say. <laughs> well, speaking of Matt, unfortunately the poor little blighter can't be here today. Aww. Absolutely. Not only do we have stacks of stuff, we have no Matthew P. Yeah, that. and we've got no stand-in. The suite could not be contacted. We do, however, have Eric Raymond Eric, on the show. Eric Raymond. Eric Raymond. <laughs> Gun-toting Eric Raymond <laughs> will be on the show later. <laughs> he, he never me- in the bloke's defence, he never mentioned guns. Not once. That's because he was holding a gun to our head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. We've got Eric on the show. talking about open source um, terrorism. <laughs> yes. Is there the possibility of uh, open source tourists. extremism? Tourists. Is that going to happen? Uh, what tourists. else are we going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. People know. How long have you been doing this show? <laughs> For goodness sake. Three years or whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, come on. I was, I was genuinely asking the question. <laughs> oh, well, yes. The what other... shall we talk about? Uh, yeah, what yes. shall... Let's talk uh, about how we organise our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a thing. That's a very good idea. And we also ought to introduce ourselves, I feel. Yes. Uh... It's a bit late. Oh, go on. Whatever. Oh, fuck it. You know, I'm John O'Bacon. I'm Aid Bradshaw. And I'm Stuart Langridge. And uh, he's not Matthew Ravel. And he's not Matthew Ravel, but welcome to the show anyway. He, he just yes. nodded towards your guitar then. Well, <laughs> he's the standing, isn't he? He's taller than Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> 
sounds a little better as well. <laughs> <laughs> Makes anyway, a lot more sense. Moving on. <laughs> Can we not be nasty to poor Matt, do you think? So, um, you know, we've got a little bit of extra time in this intro. So, um, are you going to enjoy the show? <laughs> what? Do you have any particular plans for the show? Um, yes. Are uh, you going to keep wearing those trousers? Well, throughout most of the show, <laughs> I do plan to keep wearing these trousers. Uh, in your relationship, do you plan to ever wear the trousers? <laughs> ah, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Incidentally, he's referring to me and Susan, not me and Ack. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Who never wears the trousers in his relationship. Never wears the trousers. And never ever takes his jacket off when we record the show. No. because he's a professional. Uh, I'm professional. Or, professional. He's got, or he's got sweaty pits. Yeah. One of the two. It's more that I don't and want to lose my phone and my cigarettes and my train tickets and everything else. He insult us with his moobs. <laughs> <laughs> he's got moobs. <laughs> One time I came here and I took my jacket off and then I left my jacket here and then I was completely fucked the next day. I never phoned, I never trained again, I never any cigarettes. Right, shall we uh, get the show on the road? Let's do it. We could do it, upon fact that every time we need to get the show on the road, you say, shall we get the show on the road? Well, we are back. <laughs> and we're bad. Uh, sack back, crack wax, let's go. As we have discussed uh, many times in the past, zealotry is something that happens... To a reasonable degree in our community. Yep. Quite what a lot, to, to, what be what to a reasonable degree, <laughs> Well, as in there is some zealotry there. You know, it's yes. not dominant, but there's not a tiny bit of it. There's More than know. most communities, sir. Yeah. And um, I was watching the news the other day, and there was a... As the news seems to be dominated with terrorism and all that kind of stuff, and they were talking about how uh, this person's zealotry led them to do this terrible act of uh, suicide bomber or something. And I was just thinking... You know, could this ever happen in our community? Could can anybody could anybody get to it a is. point where they where they are violent towards other people? Um, when you say our community, beliefs. you mean the open source community? Yeah, the open right, source okay. community. Do you think it would ever get to a point where people are violent because of their beliefs, their extreme beliefs in in, in free software? Yes, I don't know. I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened already. And surely to God, you can't feel that strongly about software. But you'd think, you'd I mean, come I mean, on. Someone may say, how could you feel that strongly about religion? You know? oh, oh, my body, how could you feel that strongly about which government runs the country? You yeah. Mean? You know. I mean, well, that, if I mean, the current uh, government's dragging you into jail and oh, beating oh, 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 you, well, then you well, might well, feel no, strongly no, about no, it. Okay, but if, you, but if they're not... Right. Well, you then know, you're not going to go and blow things up. Then you're going to vote are. in an orderly Pe- manner, aren't you? People do it all the time. Only really in oppressive regimes. Uh... Submit, no one tried I, to blow up the Houses of Parliament, have I, they? I, I, <laughs> <da-da>. <laughs> I, I submit... No, it's November the 5th as well. I submit Northern Ireland as a counterexample. You know, I mean... Um, I, I, yeah, true. Uh, while, while I don't want to, uh, you know, go into the politics of the thing, I don't think... Um, the British government were dragging people off like Pol Pot in Cambodia. But I mean, or anything. we're a pretty apathetic community, to be honest. Let's face it. No one's going to get the nonce of putting together a bomb and taking it to no, Microsoft. That's, that's a hell of a sweeping generalisation. It is. I mean, <laughs> just because you're a lazy shite, <laughs> <laughs> don't assume that everybody I mean, else I mean, People are starting to do more active things than just write code and put it on yeah. the internet. I mean, that. but the thing is, is that it's not so much whether it's specifically our community, it's, it's an, an extreme viewpoint. I mean, Traditionally, when uh, when you when people talk about terrorism, it's because of a particular political will or a particular religious viewpoint. Could that apply to um, a viewpoint when it comes to something such as software? You know, because only if you're a mentalist. Beca- because the, eth- the thing that drives a lot of people in our community is the ethics, and that's what drives a lot of people to well, terrorism. So it, because exactly. they believe that it's ethical to, I, 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 to commit I, I, that. I think act. the point is that if you feel that strongly about 
the software, you will see it as a political thing. Yes, yeah. But never yeah. as a let's blow something up. I mean, we, I come mean, on. We, we got obviously, obviously, we completely condemn anything like that happening. I mean, it's just the most ridiculous. Absolutely. Thing. And obviously, we don't want to encourage people to do it because you'd be a fucking idiot if you did anything like that. But could it happen? I mean, do you think? Do you think our? No. Uh, it, do you think if that, it was going to happen, it happened. I don't know. I mean, remember the community's still very new. Not really. The free software community is. 22 years old. Okay. Someone so. came up with the idea of free software about 1984. Okay. When he first set up, that's 20 years. That's nothing. Nothing. I don't know. It's enough. I mean, it, it, it could be enough, but there's no way of reasonably saying 20 years. Uh, yeah. It, it w- there, there would have been something by now. I mean, the, the problem is that there are always... Extremists in every community, Lunatics. pretty much. Whether those extremists are prepared to go, are that extreme? Yeah. I mean, hopefully not. Hopefully hope, not, Hope yeah. to Christ not. Well, we've seen some extreme people in our community. I mean, the thing is, I suppose... I suppose one, one of the nice things about... One of the nice things about, um, about our community is that some people have... You know, we do it on the show. Some people have very, very, very feisty debates about stuff. And it always stays in that kind of respectful way. I mean, there are obviously people, some, some people do have Absolutely nasty... not the case. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. My Nobody goodness, hang on, not hang, the on. Case. hang on, hang on, Nobody hang on. pulls out plastic explosive hack. Hang on, yeah, the point, uh, the point I'm making, yes, people do, people will uh, be offensive to each other, people will call themselves names, people will do all this nasty call, shit. Call each other names, yeah. not themselves. Sorry, sorry, call each other names. <laughs> oh, I'm a dick. I'm a dick. <laughs> yep, we know. I'm a dick and I'm wrong. <laughs> That's not going in the first two seconds of the show. <laughs> first of all, yes, it is. And secondly, did that feel weird? Because that's the first time you've ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. But the point is, is that even when people start really going after each other, you know, in, in an argument, when it stops be- becoming a debate and an argument, it usually kind of just stays within the discussion sort of thing. Yeah, I can't ever see it escalating to I mean, I, 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 But that happens for most discussions. Yeah, I mean, but the point is... the point. I mean, you know, and, then, and then every now and again you get uh, Timothy McVeigh... Or the Una bomber, or something like that. It doesn't have to be this massive, organised terrorist conspiracy organisation thing. Oh, completely. I completely. If it was agree. just one guy, it would still be terrorist. So you're basically saying you'd expect to see it at some point. I'm not saying that I'd expect to see it. I don't think it would happen because, I, I, like A, to some extent, I think there's not. I don't think there's enough there to get that hit up over. Ah, uh, you see, that's why. But I, I, I just, I'm, But I'm not sure. You say I'd say that there's enough there for people to get hit up over, but the kind of the culture of the free software We're, community just it that kind of thing is never an option but, you know, but the t- thing is people who produce closed source software have an absolute right to do that it's not against the law yeah. but, you know come on yeah, well, but, yeah but on you the, could say on, that about p- but, people who bomb for political reasons you know oh come on it's something that's perfectly legal to do well that's well, yeah, but, but it's but it's perfectly legal to be the government yeah so so if you're fighting if you're fighting against the government then yeah. you know they have a perfect legal right to do what they're doing. Right. Well, unless you're George Bush and you swung the election. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the thing here is that uh, people who have political campaigns, generally, the thing that they're fighting for is often legal, um, or they, they believe that their view is right in, in the, you know, with this way or the other. But it just, it's an extreme view. So people, you know, for example, you, some people may say, well, I want to have peanut M&Ms and I want to have chocolate M&Ms. And the peanut M&Ms brigade oh, so take, wrong. It, take it to an extreme view that they go around killing peanut people M&Ms who eat chocolate. Wrong. I know, they're completely wrong. But, yeah. you but we're go, not going to go and blow anyone up. But you wouldn't go and kill anyone. Peanut buns are the glory. <laughs> but but they're, they're, they're kind of like, you know, they're both legal things to do. It's yeah. just an extreme view. So, I mean, I, 
I'd be surprised if it happened because I think our community what the peanut M and M thing. No, no, oh, no. Right. no yeah. Our community yeah. turned to violence because I think it's now, just not you normal. See, I, I think that's such a happy, happy flowers view of it because you know we're, <laughs> we're, we're all you know we're all basically nice and reasonable and decent people and we say oh, we're geeks, a you know, way, we're and not it's particularly just violent. No, are it's we? not. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying that. You know, take for example um, people who have subscribed to a particular political political viewpoint, right? Yes. Um, there may have been cases in the past, uh, a history of people using violence to try and get over that viewpoint. So, for example, the IRA, right? The IRA used violence to get over yeah. their particular political side. So there was a kind of a culture there, a history there. There is no history in our community, this kind of stuff happens. Not, not yet, there no, isn't. No, there isn't a history yet. But the point I'm making is that at the moment, at the, this, the early start, because there's no history, I think that reduces the possible threat. But, but I think there is the possibility that it could happen well, because let's, there's let's extreme just, views growing in our community. I, I mean, I, there, there, there are two key points there, very quickly. <laughs> the, 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 the two. Yeah, there, there are. <laughs> the, the first one is that it's not necessarily the people who lead the movement or lead the opinion who are the people who use violence to put it forward. Never said that. It's the weirdo no, 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 extremists no. like you. No, so th and, and the second point is that we're, we're doing our level best to grow the community, yeah. to reach the word of free software out into the world, so it makes it more likely. Uh, the, the point is that the people who are doing it now are, to some extent, going to be the leaders of the movement, because we're in at the beginning. You know, so as as the as the movement, the desire for free software grows... I'd say the people who are involved in the free software community now, are not. it's not really... I'd say... Your view applied maybe five years ago when it really was a small well, okay, proportion of people. But possibly. today, but the today is, it's trying, so, it's the so mainstream is, that... The point is we're trying to extend the reach. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is is that when, so, when evaluating whether someone's going to be violent, I think you've got to look at the history and, the kind of, again, the culture of that kind of community and whether that sort of thing's likely to happen. Yeah. With our community, it's just so alien for something yeah. like that to happen. And, and let's but just yeah, hope it that happen. it doesn't. Come on. Yeah. Hey, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be no, absolutely. That sh it should not happen. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, on the show now we've got Eric Raymond. So, uh, how's things, Eric? Pretty good. So, what have you been up to recently? Well, um, I still maintain a lot of software. Uh, I'm a maintainer or lead on approximately 34 projects, I think it was at last count. Wow. And I maintain somewhere between a dozen and 14 how-to documents and frequently asked questions lists. Yeah. Uh, things I've been working on, oh... Uh, I, the project I've probably been putting the most time into is called the GPSD. It's a service demon for GPSs. Right. Uh, it unscrambles all the funny, um, poorly documented, poorly standardized, and proprietary formats that GPSs use to report location information. Right, okay. Uh, my theory is that applications shouldn't have to know that. <laughs> uh, so they just talk to the demon and it talks to the GPSs. Um, I'm... Something I'm about to release is uh, for another project that I was working on, I found myself needing to write a C to Python code translator. Okay, like most people. Uh, and um, that's working pretty well now, so I'm polishing that and getting it ready for release. Um, I haven't stopped um, speaking out and working on issues that affect the community. I still uh, get asked to talk to executives and venture capitalists a lot. I've lowered my public profile a little partly because, um, well, I never wanted to be uh, a huge leader figure. I mean, it was necessary for somebody to do that for a while. It was necessary for me to do that for a while. 
but it was more important for me to build institutions that were sustainable, and uh, for that reason, I stepped back from running the open source initiative. There comes a point in the development of every organization at which the founder has to either go away or be killed, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we reached that point, and uh, I stepped back in order for uh, OSI to be able to mature without me a little bit. Okay. Um, I have been thinking about what it will take for Linux to achieve majority market share uh, and have some interesting conclusions about that that maybe we can explore a little later. Yeah, well, I mean, that's um, the first question I was going to ask, really, is what's your opinion of the, the open source landscape at the moment, where we are, where we need to be, that kind of thing? Um, we've won the technical argument. It's hard to find anybody who thinks that closed source is a better way of doing things these days. <laughs> Um, I, I would say it's not very hard at all, personally. I could throw a stone from here and hit loads of people, but okay. <laughs> um, the, what's, uh, the, the arguments we're still having are basically arguments about uh, support, um, commercial sustainability, and the business models. And compared to where we were five or six years ago, that's just arguing over the details. Okay, um, okay. Our biggest challenge now is that there are people trying to make us illegal, notably uh, Microsoft and the MPAA. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that, that sort of thing's a, a big problem. The, 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 the battle has changed from being fought on technical grounds to being fought on legal grounds, yeah. which is somewhere where the community is still quite weak. Well, uh, we got more resources than we used to. We got Gronk Law, which shouldn't be underestimated. Uh, and we got powerful allies in the person of... Uh, significant numbers of Fortune 500 corporations that uh, see open source as a valuable way to do things. So to some extent, uh, they're guarding our flanks now. And in particular, you can see this with respect to the SCO lawsuit, where uh, IBM is guarding a very important flank for us. Yeah. I mean, in, obviously, uh, just shifting things a little bit, um, you're seen by many people as, as, as one of the forefathers of the community that we've got here today. Um, and as you've just ac acknowledged, you know, you've been lowering your public profile um, in, recent, in recent years. Would, uh, some people would question whether you're a relevant voice in our community now. What would you say to that? Um, I, that's too vague a question for me to answer. <laughs> uh, I know <laughs> I still get email answer. from people asking me advice, and I know I still, get, uh, uh, I still have conversations with uh, other um, influence leaders in the community where they clearly think my opinion is, is, is interesting. Um, but I don't worry about that very much. People will listen to me if they choose to listen, and if they don't, there's not much I can do about it. Right. So, so what kind of ways would you uh, like to see the community direct their efforts forward? You know, if, you could, if you could wave a wand and see the community go in a particular direction, what would you use that? Two things, uh, and both of them are basically around the topic of serving non-technical end-users better. Uh, we've got to clean up our act about uh, user interfaces and fit and finish and polish of our distributions. This is something that um, some distributions are working on fairly hard now. I think Ubuntu is making substantial progress in that direction. Right. Uh, and the other thing is there, we have a problem with proprietary codecs, uh, things like MPEG and MP3 and uh, Windows, Windows Media Format and uh, things like that. We don't support them, and, well, frankly, we need to. It's all very well to be an open source purist and say, oh, you, re you really should want Og Vorbis, and you really should want uh, open source uh, streaming video formats and so forth. 
The problem is there's a huge amount of content out there that non-technical users want to ha access. And if you say, oh, well, you should not bother about all that stuff because it's in a closed format, they'll just write you off as a loony. I mean, it seems, I, I, read, I read your uh, article about that and the subsequent discussion by the community. And to me, it seemed like, I agree, totally agree with you. You know, we, we definitely need to be able to play that kind of media and satisfy our end users like that. But there is work going on to make this kind of stuff um, happen. You know, I mean, a lot of people were saying, well, Eric's wrong because there is iPod support in, in media players. And Fluendo, as an example, are making licensed codecs available for the desktop and things like that. So, uh, you know, do you think that... Uh, can they... Are, they're not freely redistributable, though. Sure. I mean, but, but the issue seems, from what you're saying, seems to be with being able to actually consume that kind of media. I mean, do you want licensed codecs that are redistributable? Uh, well, I think what I see as a potential solution is something that I've been um, thinking about and planning with the Linspire folks. Uh, and this is a distribution-independent set of user space codecs, which you can install uh, essentially on every any major Linux distribution, and it will plug into your existing software and give you the capability to use these codecs. Now, what's radical about this is you'll actually have to pay for this set of codecs. Uh, that'll shock a lot of people. But that's, uh, that's exactly what the Fluendo guys are doing. They're, what was that? that? That is exactly what the Fluendo guys are doing. They're making a set of codecs that you will pay a, a fee for. Uh, yeah, and I know they're doing something like that, but they haven't been, managed to be very visible, and they haven't managed to integrate well with the major distributions. And by those major distributions, I mean, uh, at this point... That would include Fedora, Debian, uh, Ubuntu, um, and yeah. uh, let's see, mm -hmm. I go, what's the fourth ranker? SUSE. SUSE, yeah, these days. I mean, th I agree with you. That what we need is a, is a drop-in solution that anyone can use. If, 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 anything that requires installation steps that a user has to learn is a non-starter. So you're saying shippable with distros, essentially? It needs, it needs to be something as simple as you take the CD-ROM, you shove it in your drive, an icon pops up, you click the icon, and it automatically installs on your distribution. Right. That's the level of simplicity that we need. And Fluendo isn't offering that. And the, the various kludgy pseudo-solutions that involve, uh, oh, for example, the way mPlayer does it, where there's this wrapper that you have to install, and then you have to piece together Windows drivers and go through 14 different complicated c configuration steps. I'm sorry, this is not good enough. I, I, I think everyone would completely agree with you on that, but I don't see where in your little model there you pay for them. Ah, well, <laughs> uh, if the Linspire product that um, Linspire and I have been planning comes to fruition, what you'll be able to do is 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 buy or download an installer uh, that they'll collect the money from that and they'll they will then use it to pay the licensing fees for the codex. But it seems it seems to me that you know looking at looking at what you were saying seemed to be something of a sweeping generalization. The fact that there is work going in to support these devices. Sorry, you're desktop. fading out. Sorry, can you hear me now, Eric? Yes. Yeah. Th th when when you wrote the article, it seemed like it seemed a sweeping generalization that l overlooked 
lots and lots of great work that's going on for support for these devices. Things like, for example, the, I mean, the Fluendo codecs that we've just spoken of. Which, oh, I'm yes, sorry, they, what was that last sentence? Well, for example, uh, you know, we've talked about the Fluendo codecs. Right. Um, you know, okay. It seems Fluendo to overlook- is not good enough because it requires you to know things and go through installation procedures. It isn't a one-stop solution. You can't go to one place sure. and get all the codecs you need that can, be, that can be put into your existing distribution, plugged into your existing software, in a single installation step. So, it defi- I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. And, and to be fair to the Fluendo guys, they haven't actually finished yet. So it may end up that they strike a deal with Linspire or, or Canonical or whatever to, right. to do that. And I, Yeah, and, and that seems the kind of thing. So, so what else do you think we need? I mean, you've, you've mentioned the codecs, you've mentioned device support. What else do you think would, would make the perfect uh, open, open source desktop? Well... Uh, as I said, the other thing, which is kind of more diffuse and harder to target, is uh, really cleaning up our act with respect to user interfaces. Uh, our distributions and our applications are still um, too complicated and require too much installation for the non-technical end definitely, user. Definitely, definitely. Yep. And I agree with that. I mean, what we've made a lot of progress oh, in the last three or four years, but there's a fair way still to go. And most of it, most of the complications here are not really technical ones because um, writing user interfaces that are that are actually reasonable for non-technical u- end users isn't actually very hard if you have the right attitude. Yeah. The problem is most open source developers don't have the right attitude. What, what would you uh, describe as being the right attitude? They have a much higher tolerance for complexity than no- most non-technical end users, and they project that attitude onto everything they do. I think um, now, much more than there used to be, there are actually usability people out there in the community, and that's their focus, rather than writing code. Right. Um, So far, there are usability people out there in the community. So far, I haven't seen them have a huge impact yet, but I'm hoping that will change. Yeah, well, you know, we can hope so. And and when you're talking earlier about um, how you just click a thing and it installs things, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't think there's anyone who disagree with that. I mean, possibly there are people out there who want it to be hard to keep the plebs out, but they're all idiots. Anyone <laughs> who thinks that, I mean, you're it, fading out again. It's the, the the thing I see is interesting is um, when you originally put together OSI and so on. What the vision you had is it what we've got. More or less, um, nothing nothing has happened since 1998 that has surprised me a lot. Um, I knew most of the th- most of the surprises have been in the details. I figured that we would probably acquire um, at least one major champion among the Fortune 200. Uh, I wasn't especially expecting it to be IBM, but it didn't particularly surprise me when it was them. Um, uh, we're pretty. I think we're. We're on schedule as far as mainstream acceptance of open source methodology goes. I think that the only thing that um, that surprises me a little is that um, I expected Microsoft to be in worse shape than it is by now. Right. Yeah. So, so just I mean, you mentioned earlier on your Linspire involvement. Can you give us a bit more information about that? Right. Well, after I um, I made my uh, my public statement at Linux World at the uh, the 15 years of Linux retrospective about how I thought we needed to do something serious about the proprietary codec problem. Um, about two hours after that, the CEO of Linspire con- contacted me and said, uh, we think you're absolutely right and we're trying to work on this. Let's talk. Right. Um, and so after I went to the, um, uh, the World Science Fiction Convention about a month later at the beginning of September, 
Uh, and after that, I went to I went down to San Jose and had a day of meetings with the Inspire people, and we roughed out a product plan for this distribution and independent product that would enable you to install all the codecs you want uh, on any major Linux. And they're working on that now. Okay, I mean, um, I've got a, a slightly different question. When when you originally uh, set up OSI and when you started talking about rebranding free software as open source to make it more acceptable to non, non-geek people, um, there was a reasonably vocal section of the community who suggested that what you were doing was just moving away from the goals that made the thing what it was. Is that not what saying, well, we need to start integrating proprietary codecs and we need to start working with iTunes, is that not what that is? Um. Well, it depends on what you think your goal is. Uh, <laughs> in, sorry, in that case, what do you think the goal is? Um, I think the goal is to have software that doesn't suck. Right. I think the goal is, 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 is technical excellence. It's putting, and, and, and co-equally with that, it's putting power in the hands of actual users and the, the, uh, the people who, the people who um, own the the software that they buy or alternatively download software that's open source, I think that's preferable. Putting power in the hands of the users, technical ev- uh, excellence, but for me it's not a moral crusade. Right. Yeah. I'll do what it takes to get us to majority market share, even if that offends the purists and the zealots. So he's a moderate. No, no, that, no that, that, that's interesting. Um, you, when uh, Mac OS X came out and lots of people started moving to it, I saw, uh, I can't even remember who it was now, someone wrote, um, people need to remember the goal isn't Unix on the desktop, the goal was a free desktop, capital F. I mm-hmm. mean, would you subscribe to that view, or do, you, or do you think it's more important to get software that people can use, and if we have to step away a bit from freedom to get that, then that's the price you need to pay? Well, eventually, I want to see... Uh, open source everywhere. I want to see the MPAA crushed. I want to see all closed source <laughs> codecs obsolete. Okay? Yeah. So let's be very clear that I share those goals with the, the free software zealots out there. Okay? The, the difference is that I think that we have to make tactical compromises on the way because at this point what we need is lots and lots and lots of users. We need, we're stuck at about 45%, or sorry, 4 to 5% desktop market <laughs> share at the moment. Okay? <laughs> that is not enough for the independent software vendors and the hardware vendors to take us seriously. We need to get to at least 10%. Sure, yeah. Right? And so what I'm focused on is what will it take to get us to 10% and after that to 20% and after that to 60%? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's no doubt that most of certainly most of our listeners would would agree with that, and it's it's great to hear um, you know such sane and moderate views coming from you, Eric. I, I think everybody will be pleased about that. Um, just wanting to flip the subject over a little bit, just to wrap up. Um, as you're no doubt aware, there is a comic strip on the internet called "Everybody Loves Eric Raymond." Um, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, I've not heard any comment from you about this. About We know the people, the guy who, who makes the strip. Well, um, I don't like the strip. Uh, and I don't like the strip because it slangs me a lot. Uh, it's not that I don't like the strip because it slangs me a lot. That I could certainly live with. I don't like the strip because uh, it's rude and nasty to everybody, and I don't think it's funny. Right. <laughs> so have you, have you had any contact with the guy who makes it, John? Um, no, the closest I've had to contact with, uh, with with anybody who's involved with that 
is uh, when I was at Linux World, I was approached by a young lady wearing an Everybody Loves Eric Raymond t-shirt except me, uh, and she asked me if I would hug her for, if, while she was wearing that, that T-shirt, she asked me if I would hug her for a photograph, <laughs> which is now circulating on the Internet. So, so, oh, so you, you consented to the photo. Yes. <laughs> and good sport, I'd say. Um, have you considered maybe doing an Everybody Loves John Leach? Um, so it's a, kind of a spin-off on him. Um, why? <laughs> Get your own back. <laughs> um... I'm not... Revenge doesn't interest me. Yeah, I, it does. I, I, I don't get involved in petty games like that. Oh, come on, <laughs> come on, Eric. You're among friends here. You could do, no, you could do I really, it. I really don't think that way. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show, and thanks for, 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 for warring on through our technical problems that we had earlier on. You've been a fantastic guest. And, thank uh, you. And keep up the great work. That was a great interview. Now, mm. uh... I'm glad that he stuck with us through the technical issues. The technical issues that meant that I actually couldn't speak during the interview. Yeah, well, no, that's not the case. You said you hated him so much you couldn't bear to speak to him. <laughs> or no. we had some technical issues. <laughs> no, no, that, actually, that, that is the truth. We, did we actually have some had to restart issues. that three times. Yeah. So, so, um, thanks, Eric. Thanks for uh, bearing with us through that. Um, really interesting interview. He came across as... Um, just a very balanced uh, and not at all what I was expecting. I'm surprised how moderate he was because you kind of often hear about people like um, Eric Raymond and Richard Stallman, people like that, these big Linux yeah. celebrities being very extreme in I their I thought everything he said just made complete sense. I mean, I'm totally with him on the Codex. I'd pay money to have Codex just work. I think my only issue, no, with, it, I think my only issue with what he said was um, the point that the, the article that he made was I think it, it made a, a few too many generalizations. I think the, the message of it was completely true but it, yeah, it's it, should be, it should be easier but I think he'd, look, he'd maybe not seen the amount of work that people are doing it needs to be way easier and I totally agree with him about we need to get a massive groundswelling of, of sure, people who definitely. use Linux every day and then oh. as he says we would have some sway with the software industry well yeah but you lot are basically prepared to sell all our principles up the river so no, you can watch videos on YouTube no but if you've got a <laughs> massive user base you've got more of a say and then your opinion counts more but at then the, but, at that, sort of but at that point if you say we want to be open source and they say no, eat a bag of shit. If you then say to users, we're switching back to open source, they're all going to fuck off again. They're all going to go, I love Linux so much, because the reason they love Linux is because you sold out. No, I don't agree. I think once you've, it, you've I do you've not given believe you will have enough marketing muscle to turn around to Microsoft and go, you must open source WMV now, because we've got 50% of the market. Because Microsoft are going to say, suck a cock. But okay. the thing, the thing is, That's the point. If, you, if you have to sell out to get to that point, you can't get back again. But That's point, my worry. But the, but the point is, is that it's it's not. You see, that's the thing where I always disagree with it's you. Is pragmatism, that it's, though, it's, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's not about selling out. It's like people talk. Yeah, you know, I always hear this. You're in part the, of the fucking problem, by the way. You sitting there, Mister. Yeah, Rack. but that's what it is. At the moment, I can download Ubuntu, right? Right. Yeah. And I can redistribute as much as I like. Yeah. I will not be able to do that. Right. Fine. And, but so, so that no, to no, me you is will. a core principle no, of what we do. You will be able to do it, but anybody else who downloads it who wants to play video seamlessly can just go click a button yeah, that's and the pay point. some money. That's the reason oh. why it's so good is the fact that you can choose you your can entirely choose free you operating system. Yeah. It, but just because other people don't share the same views that you do doesn't mean that we shouldn't allow them to share, uh, you know, uh, apply their own views on the world and, and, and choose their own software. The point is they that it's making an option. They can do that at the moment. Oh, you you yes, can't ask yes, an ordinary yes, user to install codes. I agree with you. It's really difficult. I completely agree. Part of the reason it's really difficult is deliberately because they don't want to see the codex on Linux. If you had a little clickable thing on the desktop at the moment, they said, go and get the... I mean, the mPlayer codex well, installation... Maybe this is where FreeSpire's right, going to win. Take, take mPlayer as an example, right? right. You've got the mPlayer W32 codex yeah. thing, 
right? Now, that's packaged as a Deb. And it's on it's on Marriott's website, I think. And there'd be nothing stopping Ubuntu putting a little icon on the desktop that says, go and get them, click that, done, and suddenly M-Player works. That's all you need. It doesn't... At the moment, when Eric's saying, yeah, it's really hard to do that, it's not really Oh, it hard. is. It, you install the W32 fix... codex package, and everything that, works. That doesn't... As, as I understand it. That doesn't it. fix everything. Right. It really but, doesn't. What, what what doesn't it fix? It doesn't what? fix most of your media streams. It fixes most of your media streams, but not all of your media yeah, streams. Yeah, no, okay, fair play. But it fixes most of them. You don't and have the a seamless they can't do desktop. That, and, they can't, and the reason they can't do that at the moment is because it's not legal to do so. So essentially what you're saying is you go to everybody and you say, we want to do freely redistributable versions of your codex, and indeed, Fluendo are doing that. But I bet you, well, why can't, Apple, why for can't, instance, are going to say, eat shit, we're but, not going to let but, you but do that. But you're saying, why can't you just spend some money and pay for the codex and buy them, pay for that at what? Where's the boundary? What are you not prepared to make people pay for? What have they had to pay for Nautilus? Hang on, a second. Hang, hang, hang on a second. The thing is, though, is that what you're saying, Ak, is you're basically saying, well, if you want to play anything that's not, uh, that uses a non-free codec, stuff you. We're not interested. Right? And at that point... That's not... Hang on. At that point, at that point, people will not use... People will not use... If you, if you said to most people, you, can, you, know, you can't use MP3. If you, you know, explain, you can't them, use you know. these th- these things. Now, yes, there's 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 legal options coming coming aboard, right? We've got the Fluendo MP3 codec as an example, right? And they're making their license codecs elsewhere, right? But the point is, is that what we're saying is that people who do want to use those codecs, yeah. who aren't as concerned about the ethics of the issue, should have the opportunity to do that. And you explain to them that here's your free desktop, and everything here is completely free. Yes. But if you want to do this part, because of legal restrictions, you have to pay for this yeah. part. This isn't our fault. Blah, you're blah, you're blah. providing it as an ability, to, and, and this is part of the goal. With with feisty is that is that people will be able to uh, uh, apply uh, non free codex easier. You know, part of the goal is to make it easier to get those things on because. So you, many, you mentioned feisty there. I mean, do you want to tell everyone what that? Yeah, means? feisty yeah. is the next version of Ubuntu. It's right. edgy plus one that a lot of people refer okay. to, yeah. and right. it's out in April. The, the, the key point here is you're saying yeah, uh, you get an ordinary free desktop, and that's fine, but you can't play movies on it until you click the button and pay a fiver. Or whatever. Or but, you're but, some kind but, of genius but, who knows how to do those 14 yeah, no, steps. Okay, but where's the boundary? What are you What are you prepared to say you get this desktop? Because what you're saying is that but there are legal you, essentially your, your, your desktop isn't complete until you have that stuff. If you're the sort of person who wants to watch movies. Right. But a lot of people don't need a file manager. Right. So would you make people pay extra money for a file but manager? No, no, le- don't be, don't be no, I'm not being ridiculous. That's the point. There are no, no legal no. restrictions on that, are there? Whereas Why? there are on the There's no codex. legal restrictions on file management. The point. There's th- no legal restrictions on movies as a concept. Oh, what, what? I'm sa- what I'm saying is, if someone comes up with a much better file manager, right? Right. So, someone's, someone comes up with a much better file manager. Would it be reasonable for Ubuntu to say, "We won't give you a file manager. Click the button and get this one." Or if you want to, you can go you, through the effort of installing. No, and you're just going to go, "No, nah, that's just ridiculous. They're completely different." They're, Why? Yeah, it is completely different. Uh, no, the, the, re- the reason for this is that we're not we're not saying. What about if Ubuntu stopped this? Let me answer your question, right? The point I'm making is that is that some people have an ethical stance and they don't want to use these non-free things. That's yes. fair enough. And, and that's they're welcome fair enough. to it. Yeah. And they're welcome to it. And, and people like that are welcome to have that perspective. Personally, I will always choose org over MP3 where possible, right? But there are some things that I want to listen to. There are some things I want to watch, right? Yeah. As are many other people. And I don't believe we should deprive those people of having that opportunity. Now, the thing is, it doesn't stop you. It doesn't stop your world. Right? But it enables their world. Right, okay. Yes, then, that's the then, key then, point. Then let's step on a bit more. Imagine, then, <laughs> that Ubuntu give you a little icon on the desktop. It says, click here, and you'll get Trillion Pro. And that means you can do instant messaging. Game's right. not as good. It doesn't do 
that um, a lot of the stuff that instant messaging needs two or three years from now. So we'll deliberately promote Trillia. You can say, well, you've got a game if you want it, but we're going to deliberately promote this. Is that reasonable? Well, you're giving them a choice. I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with giving people a choice. What I've got an issue with is forcing a view down people's throats, which is basically what you're suggesting. That's exactly what I'm suggesting. Yeah, and, yeah. That's where, can't and, and that's where we differ. If you force someone to have a less usable desktop, they're just not going to use it, which is why we're at 4%. Exactly. The reason so, why, so why, are we on, why are we not already pushing Trillian Pro, then? What? Because game game, game at the moment, does more than enough for me. Game do, game doesn't do file transfers. It doesn't do voice messaging. Yeah, game does do file transfers if you if certain for, for certain yeah, protocols. Ba ba basically, it doesn't. Every time I try and do a file transfer to anyone at all, it doesn't work. Uh, that, right. That so why aren't we already pushing the non-free um, IM clients? We're not. We're, what? we're not pushing the non-free IM. No, I know we're not at the why moment. Why aren't we? But why, where, but where why the... don't we do that? We, we're already giving people a less functional desktop by not making it easy to install but, Yahoo no, Instant Messenger. The, 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 the difference here, though, is Legal that you can still achieve a connection to MSN or AIM or whatever with game. You can, you can still on, watch on. videos with Totem. No, no, if <laughs> no, you, no if, you can. If you want to watch <laughs> Windows Media on your desktop, right, and, you haven't, and you're, you're not going to have any of the non-free stuff on, on, you're basically stuck. And if I want to send files to my friends, I'm basically stuck. Right, but What's what, the difference? No, the difference is, though, is that you could write that feature and, and add it to game. The difference is, is that there's an opp opportunity for someone I to... I can't write that feature and add it to game. Because the AIM people and the Yahoo people won't tell us how the file transfer stuff works. Right. And in which case... So we can't write and in it. which case, give, them the, give people the option to use it then. But why aren't we deliberately pushing it more? That's, but what you're saying is you want to make it really, really easy for people to get the non-free codex stuff. Options. Why do we make it really, no. really... You can already go and get Yahoo Instant Messenger by downloading it off the website and clicking stuff and then installing it yourself. But why aren't we pushing that and making that harder? The point here, the point here is, that, is, is that there's... The answer is that we've made the, the game by pushing for it and by saying, people, you must open your protocols, did make AIM open up their protocol a bit so we could talk to it. And it did make the Yahoo people open up their protocol a bit so we can talk to it. And what everyone wants to do with movie shit is just roll over. No. no. I, I, I'm much more with Eric's opinion. We need to get a lot more people using the desktop. We'll have a lot more power then. I think you're comparing apples and oranges as well. I think yes. you're comparing... I really you're, comparing, you're comparing the issues of some, some IM network specifications to the huge movie and audio yeah. and, and music industry. And, and the, not for the first time, young man. Yeah, and the thing, the thing is, is that at the end of the day... Like Aid says, if you force a, a, a non-functional desktop on most people, and I'm saying most people, they will not use it. And that's people, where we are for now. For people like you, you're willing to compromise on it. But most people don't believe there's ethics in computing. They don't believe there's an issue with ethics in computing. Why, they just, why, they, but so why are you pushing open office? Right? Why are you pushing ODT? Why because not I'm, not, I'm not those format? people. The but, but, but you're trying to make it good for those people. No. So why don't we just go for... The point is, you not go, no, this is completely different. That's a totally different thing. And it's not. It's because we've started to win in those other markets. ODT yeah. started to have an impact. It started to win. Game has started to be a reasonably performant IM client. Whereas we haven't won at all in the movie and sound industries. But we can't because of legal restrictions. But we can't We can't read dog files full of legal restrictions I'd, either. I'd say, I'd say the impact of Game has, a pro has had approximately the same impact as OG. I don't believe there's that much much difference in impact. Yeah, okay, so pick, OD, had... pick ODT as an example. Yeah. Why push ODT instead of using DOT, which is what everyone wants to use, right? and what everyone exchanges? Right. So why don't we try and license the DOT format of Microsoft the, the, rather than inventing ODT and pushing it and trying to get the Massachusetts people the to use it? The point here is that forcing proprietary so software on people is a bad thing. Forcing free software on people is a bad thing. We need to give people choices and educate them about the right choices. Yes. Instead of saying yeah. to people... 
Um, okay, you want to use your fancy 3D graphics card that only has support in the 3D driver? Well, you want that? Well, we're not going to let you use that because we want to be free. That's as bad as saying to people, you have to use our, our proprietary driver. And if you, have, if you explain to them that they can use this thing, but they have to pay money, and this is why they have yeah. to pay money, because of X, Y, Z. We need to educate people that, that there's an issue out them. there so people can make their own decisions instead of nannying them into, into the they've got to have this way or the device. other. Well, we're, not, we're not educating people about whether they want to make the choice between Microsoft Word and OpenOffice. We're saying, use OpenOffice. We're going to try and make OpenOffice better. Bullshit. There's been an exceptional amount of education into the problems with vendor lock-in yeah? and, and, and the reasons why open, the open, um, open document format has been pushed forward. That is, that is what's primarily yeah, But why are you not campaign. pushing OG in the same way? Uh, we, people are pushing OG in exactly the same way. As, but what, as why Eric are you not trying said, to make it easy is, for people to download Microsoft Office? Why is it all crossover link a mountain, on a mountain of media out there. There's a mountain of Word documents out there. I don't understand why you see them as different. We don't seem as different. But why are you advocating a different approach? I don't, to I, I don't have any. I, I don't have any problem with people being able to access Word files. I don't have any problem with people being able to access any proprietary but format. But you're not trying to make people accessing Word files easier. I would. Yeah. You're, I, not, I, you're, you're not pushing I'm not that. You're not, you're not saying if we somebody, need a clickable icon on the desktop that downloads Crossover. But if somebody did that and said, "Here's a clickable icon. Click on this, and you'll be able to completely, 100%ly have a completely compatible Word document." Yep. Great, brilliant. I, Let's I, do it. Yeah, I've, I've no, no objection for people being able to get more people able across. To, people able to, uh, to use any file format they like on Linux. That what I want to do is I want to educate people in what's available in the free software yeah. space, and that's the thing we want to do. We want to put all, as much of our effort as possible into developing free software, but we also need to get away from this ridiculous view that yeah. the only way to get people over to our system is to show them that their system's bad and we're going to not have any of their software over here so therefore they've got to make this complete just change give, in just faith. give them a choice and when what? they say why have we got to pay then just explain to let's them. imagine five years down the line your plan works like i'll be very quick your, your, your plan works five years down the line we've got a 20 percent market share let's go for 40 man okay 20, 30, 40, whatever. Because um, we made it possible for people to play... Um, uh, play to uh, get all the media they uh, need to... Proprietary yep. media formats. We made it possible for people to open proprietary document formats, uh, talk to proprietary IM systems, whatever. All that kind of thing. At that point, what, at what point does someone say, okay, now you have to make it free? At, at what point do we use our market share people, to try and move people back? And the next latest thing comes out, and then we say again to them, look, you have to pay for this if you want to use this. And they say, oh, not this again. Why isn't it free? And more people were saying, well, why isn't this open no source? One will, why, they why will. Would people, because, no, because they won't know what open source they is. They will, because they've had to pay to use these other things. And they'll say, well, I can use all this other stuff without paying. What's the difference? It's education. Bullshit, the, because they can do that now. They can move to Linux now without paying, instead of paying for Windows. They can't. And, that, and exactly what you're saying is that argument doesn't apply. But, but the point is, is that the point is, is that they can't just move to Linux right now because half their shit won't work. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so when they move to Linux, then, a, they, then they have to pay for half a dozen things, and then they're not saving any money. Right. The point. So, the, the point here is that is that I believe that if you're going to get people to move to open source software, then you either need to move them. You can either move them over one of two ways: either the feature argument, uh, one of three ways: feature, convenience, or ethics. Right? The ethics view is one side of it. Yep, I agree with you. We want to tell people about free software, about how it's, uh, it's a good thing, and how it prevents these bad things from happening. But that often isn't enough. If you're talking to a businessman, totally. or, the, or the director of a movie studio, he's going to want to know why, what benefits am I going to get, aside from these ethical issues, in terms of features and things like that. Now, if you, your argument will be, well, fuck him. 
he can't see the ethical side, therefore we don't care. No, right? the, the, the point the... is is that it's one single approach to this problem is not enough. We need to take a multifaceted approach. We need to say it's an ethical issue, it's a feature issue, it's a convenience issue. And that's what Eric was basically alluding to. Yeah. We need to satisfy each of these things. Just because people can run proprietary software on their systems doesn't mean that we can't educate them. The point that I'm trying to make, though, is five years down the line when we've won, or at least partially, we've got a 40% market share, if we then go to people and say, you've got to make this open source, their argument, if I was a movie studio, I'd say, what's the point? Because, if I, I can carry on being poetry and you'll make it available to everybody anyway. We, we've got no leverage at that point. We've got 45% of the desktop market who are asking, why am I having to pay for this? Why isn't it open source? Microsoft have got 90% uh, of the uh, desktop market, uh, and, and none of them are uh, saying Well, let's just try and get there first and see There's if it works. There's a downside more leverage with 40% of the market than 4%. Yeah. yeah, but if you just say, make it open source, and they say no, are you going to say, well, we're not going to play your format? You're making then. the assumption here that, that everybody's going to have the same view. I tell you what, I bet this is going to kick off in the forums. It is. It's been a brilliant <laughs> segment. It has. It it's been yeah. very good. So let us know what you think on the forums absolutely um, and, and by email yes <laughs> I am chronically, hysterically disorganised. Yep. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Really, seriously, massively, absolutely disorganised. And I forget to do things all the time. Yeah. And there are loads of different ways of organising your life. A popular one is um, stuff based on getting things done. The book by David something. Never but, heard of it. Yeah. Um, but there are lots of other ways. And I was interested, how do you two... That's John and Aid. That's John and How do you organise your life? But not necessarily just at work. Oh, okay. Stuff you've got to do at home as well. So, you know, if you need to put new tyres on your car, do you write it down anywhere? Or do you just remember all the stuff that you've got to do? Yep. Personally, what, what I, you uh, live and die, yeah, I live and die by the calendar. So when I'm at work, it's Outlook Calendar. And absolutely, that rules my life. I want to know what I'm doing today. I get into work, half asleep, coffee in my hand. and I op- <laughs> First thing I do is I open my calendar. What the hell am I doing today? Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that goes beyond work as well. So I use like um, Google Calendar or Yahoo Calendar for birthdays, uh, for uh, MOTs. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, let me alter the question slightly. Um, I agree with you. Uh, I've, I think pretty much everybody, if they've got an appointment at three o'clock on Tuesday, they'll put it in a calendar somewhere. It's things like... Put new tyres on my car. I use the calendar, I swear to what, you. But, yeah. but what do you do? Do you just, you just arbitrarily go, at four o'clock tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to ring the guy. So I'll put an appointment in, four o'clock tomorrow afternoon, ring guy about tyres. Well, Is that, that what you do? That's exactly what I did last week. Uh, I, was, I was away and I thought, right, I've got to get this tyre ordered for Saturday. I've got an MOT. Uh, I'll put a reminder in my calendar, I must ring the guy, here's the number. And I'll put the number in the calendar. I was too busy to do it at the time, but I thought, I don't want to forget. Stick it in the calendar. I've so, got so, no so, memory at so all. do you just sort of pick appointments for yourself to think about these things? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or, or do you every reminders. now and again, or do you, or do you every now and again just go through your calendar and find the list of all the stuff you haven't done yet and do it? To do, to do list. <laughs> that, that, that's the point. You've got you've got a to do list. Yeah. So, so it's not actually in the calendar itself. It's, it's in your it's calendar a, program. It's a mixture of because Google Calendar hasn't got a to do list. You are you are the PIM software developer's dream. You're like the perfect user you because are... you're doing everything that people should do. I mean, Google Calendar hasn't got a. Uh, a to-do list, isn't... for example. So where's uh, your to-do uh, list Outlook at home? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so you use Outlook at work. Sorry. <laughs> Heathen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you do uh, at home? Zimbra has a to-do list. And you use Zimbra for it, do you? Not at home, no. What do you do at home, then? I've got my black previous things in my Outlook. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right, so, so, so you put home stuff in your work to-do list? Yeah. Right, okay. John. Um, I'm similar to Aidan in the fact that, well, I use um, my calendar for... Uh, Generally, meetings. Things with times. Yeah. Yes. Meetings, uh, events, things like that. For for me to do, I generally use Tomboy 
um, and just stash a load of things in Tomboy. Right. The main thing that I spend... Tomboy's my, like the little post-it the note little thing. The little post-it thing on the yeah. Gnome desktop. So, yeah. I mean, I've got... I didn't even know about it until recently, you know. I've got absolutely loads of little Tomboy <laughs> notes. But what I do is I kind of divide them into sections. So I've got, like, sections that I need to do with work, different projects at work, things that I need to do at home. Do use different colours? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then I reference other bits. This is why Tom Tom's, Tomboy was so good, because you can obviously reference other notes. Um, the main thing for me, of course, is email. I mean, I, just, I get hundreds and hundreds of emails. Yeah, I'll it, do that as well. I'll email to my home address. Yeah. Don't forget to do this when you get home. I get home, I get my email. Oh, yeah. And it was, only, well, it was only about six, seven months ago that I started marking emails to say, I must respond to this. Yes. Because I, it kind of got beyond that bit where you were thinking, well, okay, well, I don't get enough email. And right. then I start getting lots and lots of email. And once it I, scrolls off the bottom of your yeah. window, you forgot about you it. You forgot yeah, about yeah. it. I mean, what do you do um, if you think of something and you're not near your computer? <laughs> do you just, like, remember it? Or do you write it down on a little pad? Or I mean, I know you haven't got a PDA, but do you yeah. write things in your I phone? Mean, or No, I, I generally... I don't tend to write stuff down. Like, this is part of the problem of the way I do things. Like, for example, you said, like, changing tyres. Like, for example, today, I need to go to the vets, right? To drop some papers off. And things like that, I forget easily. Anything that's not interesting just, just disappears from <laughs> yeah. my head. And this is, Susan will tell you, I'm just terrible at doing stuff like you this. You need a PDA. <laughs> well, th- this, th- well I, this is, I've been through PDAs, and I just never updated them. Yeah, because right. the thing is, I'm one of these people where if, if, something, I live by mine. if something is not explicitly interesting for me to do, I put it off. Well, you've got to get it done. Just I know. get it out of the way. I, yeah, but that's very well saying it, that. It, right. it, 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 best analogy for this, Aid, I suspect, is the sort of person who, when he's got a plaster, just rips it off. And John O's the sort of bloke who takes 24 hours <laughs> to take a plaster off one millimetre at a time, I suspect. You should have seen me get into the pool in Florida. <laughs> it took me about 15 minutes. Slowly. Lowering yourself slowly in a half an inch. Lido? It was it, no just a normal pool, I but, I, but it was really cold. I, it was bloody freezing. Yeah, right. you see the killer is. See, I, I, I was would have done, done what you said. I'd have jumped in. Yeah, you, you all you, pain I, out I, the I way. Used one I used to do that, but I'm a wimp now. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, I, mean, I was exactly the same in Italy. The pool, and it was really lovely and warm together. But the first thing you go, you go, oh my god, it's freezing. Yeah. No, but the, the thing the, is, PDAs do work. Ah, this is the reason I wanted to talk about this. It's not just because I'm interested in how you track your life because I couldn't actually give shit. It's more, you know, the truth comes out. We are pretty heavily technology guys yeah you know and aid because he fucking loves the microsoft <laughs> has bought into their whole exchange plan but i, I my, my problem is well, not, my, be, my, yeah. my problem is not that i don't because uh, i don't keep these things i've been through tons of bloody pdas and systems and all this kind of thing and my problem is not that i I, I don't know which... I, I, I can't find a system to use. Is that I've tried about 300. Well, the thing is, I yeah. can't get any of them to you work. Need... If you've if you got the ones where, you know, uh, you, you carry a piece of paper and a, a little pad with you. No, and then, no. And then, uh, it's never uh, going to work. And then if you think of something, you write down. But then you've got to copy it into your thingy. But writing on a PDA is a pain in the arse. That's why well, they never work with me. I don't I mean, believe it is, because you've got, you've got, you know, stylus. You just write. With all due respect, though, Ed, I, you, are, you are hysterically organised. Your wiki you are, is a good the, example of this. The fact that you... Uh, you which wiki? Yeah. You, you had yeah. the foresight. Your, your unreleased secret <laughs> wiki, which is still I mean, unreleased. You had the foresight to think, well, this might come in useful in the future, yeah, right? Yeah. And you wrote well, it's them not down. That's a big leap, yeah. though, is it? Really? I, mean, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. My my problem there. I agree with you. And I used to have a palm, and I made notes on it all the time, and that was very useful. I tell you what, now, Zimbra now, have made massive insteps into this, by the way, syncing like um, small devices, little PDAs with Groupware. Yeah, and Zimbra are like, all that, over it. I can it. see that kind of thing. Absolutely. My yeah. my problem at the moment is that I don't want to carry a PDA and my Archos. Yeah, I, I, know, I know my Archos is. A PDA, well, that's why my phone was a, a PDA. But it's a shit PDA. <laughs> that's why I got my a good PDA. Really, that was a phone really, as well. Yeah, but if I got a really good, if I got a good PDA, 
then it wouldn't it, it wouldn't have a 30 gigabyte hard disk in it and hold all my music and movies. And I want that too. So I've got something right. to listen to on the train. And I can't have all of it in one device. And God knows if, well, if, if someone has come up with a device like that, it will run Windows Mobile and I won't buy it anyway. Well, mine takes SD cards and I just pop one gig cards in so you can yeah. just buy 30 I mean, cards. I think a lot, of it, a lot of it is just about... I mean, you fun. don't need 30 gig, by the way. Uh, what? You don't need 30 gig. It's nearly full. With um with music that I've no, you got, I like and, to carry and, your and entire music collection with you. Yeah. Goat porn, that's well, what yeah. it's for. Because then, if I want to listen to a song, I mean, there's no point in going. Oh, I've got thirty different Doesn't SD cards. Doesn't that do um like PDA functionality? It does, but it's shit at it. And there's nowhere to sync it with, I guess. Well, there is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, sync ML or whatever sync, it is. Sy- syncing it's fine. Right. It's a USB hard drive when you plug it in. No, I mean like but sync as in your, your to do list, your calendar. Oh right, okay. I can't sync with my calendar because my calendar's Google Calendar. Right. And although they've released the Gcal API, they won't make it do. They haven't made it do sync ML yet. Okay. Thing is, despite, so despite how many times I've mailed them about it, how many times loads of other people. Have I think about I think it. much of it is about finding something that works for you and then bastardizing everything else into that. Yeah. So for example, email works for me. I can manage email pretty much no problem. And so frequently, like with the Ubuntu community, somebody talks about a lot of people speak to me about stuff on IRC, and I, I don't log IRC. So therefore, I just say, "Well, mail me with this," and then at least it appears in my inbox, and then I mark it as something that needs attending uh, you to. You see, now I do that at work. If someone's talking to me about it, something on the phone, or they're talking to me about it in the corridor or something, I'll say, "Do me a favour and drop me an email with that." But it's not because I'm good at managing email; it's because it's a work avoidance technique. <laughs> if they never get around to mailing me, I don't have to do it because uh, it can't have been that that's important. The difference between to you them. and Jono. <laughs> yeah. you, when you mark yours, do you put like a little date on it so that it fires a reminder up when? No. Yeah, no. I reckon he does anything okay. that complicated. <laughs> No. This bit, this, what How I d- many emails are in your inbox? <sighs> thousands. <laughs> How can you have thousands? I try my level best to keep my inbox down below 100. What, and as in deleting emails? Do you no, re- I archive them. The ones that I don't right. care about anymore. Oh, you're on about Gmail? Yeah. Well, I've got 7,000 unread messages in <laughs> Gmail. <laughs> exactly. But that's all mailing lists. I mean, I mean I, about every six weeks or so, I go on a purge and try and bring my my inbox down below 100 again. Yeah. But it, it's the thing I think is interesting is that you've got all these different techniques, but first of all, none of them stitched together. But I don't think that's the problem. I think people are still quite resistant to technology. Oh, Aiden, completely. I mean, Aiden no, bang on all the time about people using I, legacy writing devices, meaning pens. And you've, <laughs> and you've really bought into the whole technology is the way forward. I am the Terminator. Kind of way, working, but no one else has. It's working for me, though. I mean, my ideal situation would be a Zimbra server that's centralised, a little PDA to carry around with me. It's, that, a, it's in an ideal world. But you're like the Uber organiser. Yeah, you have to be like you. It, 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 it work in a real job. It, it does take... So do I, you cheeky fucker. Yeah. <laughs> it does take time, though, doesn't it? I, I, you may remember... I wasn't so quite as good at email a while back. Yeah, and, really? uh, and and but I've just got into you have the, to adapt. I've got into the scheme of things whereby it's so essentially it's basically fifty percent of my job is dealing with emails. Yeah. And so I've had to adapt. So you're secretary. <laughs> Glorified I, I secretary. Think, I think PDAs came out before their time and, and when they came out they were like not really very useful because like what's this to do list thing, you know, yeah. what, what's all that crap yeah. about? But yeah. now it's like, oh my god, did I, how did I ever do without yeah, it? To do's have never fit with me because that you see it's all about metadata, isn't it? It's like no one likes writing metadata. And to do's to me feel like Okay, I'm marking this down. I've got, a, c- I've got to set a date, and I'm gonna. Like, I hate adding appointments. No, if somebody to a comes up to me and says, "Oh, did you, did you have a chance to look at that thing?" I'll like, okay, right. I'll quickly stick it on my to-do list so I don't forget. I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna look yeah, at this I mean, on this day. Th- th- there's a thing. Quite so you get them to email you, and then they put it on your to-do list. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, there's, there's quite a good little system called to do dot sure. Uh, it's a shell script they put together. You just uh, and oh, you know, great. you just type. <laughs> 
No, I mean, sounds like a world of adventure. No, hang on. The you idea, don't, you the don't even need an X server. The you idea just, of you, type, you, you just type to do space whatever, and they've hooked it up to to a desk bar and to Gmail and loads of other things or whatever. So it's just a central repository. I mean, yours would be Zimbra. Right. People who use this would be this. Okay. But I can't think of where make you run. All my well, yeah, exactly. So you, you use Zimbra instead of this, you right? Know? Okay. I can't think of a way of making it run my whole life because I need a PDA that will automatically sing with it. I have to set all that up, and it's just too fucking hard. So people send us in your yeah, um, give us some suggestions. What, what do you do? Th- what do you do? We won't fucking look these at them. These two need to be organised. <laughs> We're not interested. We won't even know to look at them. <laughs> <laughs> send yourself an email to read your email. <laughs> Send emails to we don't give a shit at lugradio.org or even show at (laughs) lugradio.org. It's the end of the show. She mails. <laughs> really? I've just got a few emails personally. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I have no time for Shemails. <laughs> Sorry, Freudian slip. <laughs> I wonder if Bradley Alexander has anything to do with them. He, write, he writes in. <laughs> nice says, link. He says, gents, uh, I've been listening to season four, episode two. Welcome back. Uh, the segment on community and contributions, I don't know if you remember, we were discussing, you know, what you do to contribute, mm. whether you should contribute. Well, I had a lot or, of email about that. Fat off, if I think is what we talked about. <laughs> fat off. Uh, fat off. <laughs> another way that new users could contribute would be to help out on the forums, whether it's forums.logradio.org or linuxquestions.org, brackets. They have a few nice features to help encourage community involvement, such as being able to search for threads with, n- with zero replies. Yeah. Users should scan through, blah, 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 blah. Um, I've been administering Linux and Unix for almost 12 years. Uh, I still have a copy of the Yggdrasil Yggdrasil book. Okay, like I know what that means, but apparently it's a very old operating system. Very old Okay. It and came on punch He says cards. two things that he's found. Number one is that all admins are products of their environment. Nobody knows everything. Second, there is no silver bullet. If you put ten admins in a room and ask how to do something, you will get a list of different, dozen different answers. Um, the other people... The, the other area people can contribute with minimal effort is to evangelize Linux. Tell your friends to pass out C, uh, CDs. Minimal spread effort. Spread the word, etc., etc. Evangelism's tons of it. The reason I've read this out. offensive. The reason I've read this one out is for the last paragraph. P.S. Aid, I checked your blog. <laughs> and half expected uh, your last post to be something like, Here's my damn secret wiki, you blokes. Um, but alas, there was no wiki. Uh, alas, there was no wiki. Keep up the good work. So, uh, Bradley, yeah, thanks for reminding me on that one. I must get around to that. Boot That's in the spuds for the Mr. Bradley. Boot in the spuds number one, I believe. <laughs> it's a series. It is. There's a, there's a trilogy. Trilogy, yeah. trilogy of sp- spud booting. Stay, stay tuned for the next episode. Which way around are we going to go, chaps? I'll go, you. go me. you next. Oh, okay. Cone. Um, I've, right, we've had a, an email from uh, Jonathan, <clears throat> who uh, sent in uh, a response regarding the discussion about uh, speaker modelling, open, different types of open source software, when we were talking about uh, maybe virtual guitar amps and things like that. He says, just thought I'd drop a line to fill in the gaps uh, on the speaker modelling that John mentioned. Modelling a speaker actually is open source, so to speak, but it's in two parts. The first part is something that we can perform uh, an impulse response filter. Think of it this way, blah, 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 boring technical stuff. To model those, you need a fairly fast... <laughs> is that what you said? Yeah. No. <laughs> to, to model this, you need a you know, the reason, the reason I gave you that email is because neither the, neither the, none of the rest of us would have understood a fucking word of it, and it turns out you don't understand it either. Uh, I understand it vaguely, but I, I suspect it's not that interesting for us to read out. So he says about he needs a fur filter. 
Mm, okay. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> Romance. For um, goodness sake, how old are you two? Four? <laughs> Get on with it. And then he says the second part is filters themselves, and these are probably what Line 6 is uh, guarding dearly. He says the filters come from hooking up the amp uh, that you want to model to an anechoic room, testing it with a bunch of points, and then coming up with a filter that would make your target amp sound like the model. He basically goes into the detail of how you do this, which is quite interesting, but let's see some of this shit happen instead of just. Re- you know, reading out emails. I, I think his point is, though, is that you need an anechoic room. Yeah. Well, you need a what? A room that doesn't echo. Yeah. Basically. So, a, a, a sound neutral, sound dead room. So oh, you, you stick eight so boxes on the wall, then. So, so, you, so you put the... Well, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> he <laughs> says... He that's, says that's how easy it is. All the sound engineers in the world are going, why didn't we fucking think of that rather than spending 200 <laughs> works, million it, quid building the room? He says, he says since brute fur... <laughs> For the lady in your life. Since, <laughs> since brute fur and other fur filters are already open sourced, you'd need people modelling amps for you and sending the filters to you. Problem is, you need, you need an, an echoic room to prevent fairly bogus results, and houses just don't come with them these days. Egg boxes. Once, once you had them, though, that's bullshit, incidentally. Once you had them, though, anyone <laughs> could use them. It's the time for me to mention that for you to hear so, it. Presume- Sorry, I know, I know that egg boxes are bullshit because my mum and dad egg boxed one of the rooms <laughs> in their house <laughs> when, they were, when they were wee whippersnapper. And um, well, they wanted to make sweet love without waking up the yeah. children. You see, that's it, yeah, and that popped me out. So, um, uh, yeah, so yeah. it seems like what he's saying is that if people have got, um, if basically people live in a vacuum tube, then they could. Um, there would be no sound if that was the case. Well, presu- I know you're a sound engineer, but <laughs> let me explain. <laughs> to presumably, you. Presumably, <laughs> presumably, here, all you'd need is one guy with one of these rooms in a studio or university, sending in the results, or whatever, and, and and then just troop a load of amps through his room and collect all the results. Yes. So you wouldn't need that much in the way of. A contribution. You just need someone who's already got the room and who's interested in open source software. The thing that's interesting here, though, is if someone gets that room, someone's got that room, I'm sure someone's going to have a room like this, if they've got that, then you can measure the acoustic data and then do something with it to model the amp. So, theoretically, there's a way of normal people contributing something to this. Mm. I suppose the issue is is how echoey it needs to be. But anyway, we digress. So, the the, the point is, if anyone listened to it has got one of those rooms and wants to contribute to open source, that's the way you can do it. Are you filing that, are you? Or, (laughs) if... If you're, um, if you're someone who knows your firm or your college or whatever has got one of these rooms, this is the way you can contribute to open source. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> you're not firm, you're soft. And, and, and you look pliable. like Richard O'Brien. Would you like to use <laughs> my yes, fur filter? <laughs> uh, email from Edward Ross. Edward Ross sent us about 60 emails this month. Yeah. Um, but I'll pick this one because it's interesting. There's just lots of people called Edward Ross who listen to the show. They've all the same email With address. the same email address. <laughs> um, uh, he, has, he, he has two points. He says, here are my thoughts, which must be right as I thought them. So, you know, first of all, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm already, on that, side, <laughs> already on side with the guy. So, is his email address still at... <laughs> blah, 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 blah. He says, um, isn't one of the main points of open source freedom? Shouldn't that mean that people should be free to use the software without having to contribute anything? Yeah. Also, it gives people the freedom to ignore people who complain. <laughs> I mean, I see you arguing, but that's like saying, yeah. Margaret should have the freedom to steal my wallet, and I have the freedom to ignore me when they kick, ignore them when they kick me in the head. <laughs> And steal my wallet. I have the freedom to not be bothered about that. <laughs> so thanks a lot for that. But oh, I agree with what you said. No, I mean, I thought you might do it. Have other... freedom or fuck off. <laughs> so, yep, thank you very much for that, Ed Ross. Okay, well, I was lying when I said I had three, but I've only got two of these emails. So I'll read the second one out. 
The title is AIDS Secret Wicked. <laughs> ah. It's like a mystical <sighs> land. How glad am I that you go through a wardrobe? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, gents. Uh, Aid should be reassured that the contents of his wiki will be interesting to others. Uh, I have a wiki and I put random shit on. Notes about hacking my TomTom, hacking my media box, editing log radio talk videos. The notes aren't complete articles, uh, just what I did step by step. Uh, what I did step to step to get them to work. Uh, I get loads of hits on those articles, and judging by the backlinks, they seem to be really useful. I make no pretenses about their polish or completeness, yet they mm. seem to help people out. So, Aid, just fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, thanks for that, Tom. Boot. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> sorry, not Tom. Is that Tony? Who's that? It's Tony Whitmore. Tony, Tony, yeah. Tony, Tony Shitmore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, mail from Andrew Mason who says uh, is that the subject by the way yes yes how do you spell that um, L-A-L-A-L-L-L-L-A no there were W's in Welsh there. people are going to be going oh <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he sent us an email with the subject of Chris DeBona and he says I'm glad I'm glad you think he looks like Pendulette as that was my immediate thought when I saw him at Linux he doesn't in Linux look like Pendulette <laughs> he does and you don't think he looks Pendulette? like Pendulette anyway you look think he looks like Johnny Vega <laughs> no I <laughs> I said he looks like the the big bloke. I was going to say fat bloke. The fat bloke from Penn and Teller. Who was it you thought looked like Johnny Vegas then? That guy in you. Planet No. <laughs> <laughs> Snorp. Snorp. Snorp does not look like Johnny Vegas. Thanks for announcing that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there. lots of lookalikes. The guy. There's a guy in the Omen. Have you seen the new version of the Omen? No. The new film. Yeah, Bastian Nocera. Really? <laughs> yes. Does he talk Maybe like it's him? actually Bastien Nacerra. I, I suspect it isn't. Fresh me's <laughs> glory about the French winning the football. <laughs> he was in the open. Excellent. Bastien, we'll have to watch that. Right, right we've got an email here from Derek Weber, or possibly Derek Weber. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> well, it's W-E-B-E-R, so I don't know. But anyway, um, he mentions uh, a guy called Peter Hutterer, who's doing a multi-pointer X server. All right. Which is a quite interesting idea. Is that for like two mice? Yeah, multiple mice in X. Right. But as part of investigating a way to provide, to provide multi-cursor functionality, not just to a single demo application, which has been done before, but to the whole window manager. So it's that small but important demographic of people with two right arms. <laughs> no, it's important for people who, I think, when you use two people, use a computer. Well, yeah, and, and, and... It's really interesting. And, and part of the thing is, <laughs> ten years down the line, everyone might be using two mice all the time to Absolutely. do stuff. Yeah. Someone's got to do it first. Yeah. yeah. You know, Doug Engelbart didn't go, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm inventing the mouse for the important demographic of people who don't know how to use a keyboard. <laughs> well, the thing is... <laughs> you know, <laughs> can, you, can you think how useful that would be for you using low fat there? I mean, to be honest, mm. two points um, and, like, and, things and Well, like, Mirko uh, said a few times, yeah. multi-point is kind needs. of the, yeah. the, the no, thing I mean, needs. And it'll work in no, X. I think, I think it's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's just phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for that completely useless <laughs> contribution. So, thank it you very much. Made me laugh. Thank, you, th- thank you very much, Derek. <laughs> okay, you. Antonio writes in. Now, this one caught my... Uh, Antonio... Anto- and Antonio or Anto? Antonio. Oh, Ant- Antonio. 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 Do you want to sell us an ice cream? <laughs> this one caught my eye, and you will see why. It says, per our IRC conversation, I'd like a shout-out for me and my cat, Frodo. <laughs> if you guys do, I promise I will rename my cat to GNU Linux Frodo Beagle in order to start a new trend in open-source animal naming conventions that will eventually take over the world and spread, o- spread open-source to the masses. Animals will become the forefront of the open source movement and take over the world. 
brackets. Well, at least he might not take a shit in my bed. Close brackets. <laughs> it's a nice dream, and if you guys give me the opportunity to launch this spear, also I'd like to give a shout out to the wife and kids and blah 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 blah. blah. So yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Re- re- Let's re- do it. Rename the cat. We do Linux Frodo Beagle. It's a start. <laughs> right, well done. We want to see, oh, we want to hear from see some other people yes. renaming their animals. Yeah. <laughs> start renaming your animals and send them in. Not the actual animal, just the name. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't, s- don't send us the animal. <laughs> Especially if they're taggers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Showing up to Lug Radio Towers. You know, o- open up a box and a fucking great big tiger comes out. And after he's eaten all four of us, we'll see a little sign man at his neck saying, yep, this is named after Lofa. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Antonio. Not thanks. that Lofa's open source yet, Mirko. Ah, yeah. <laughs> get your ass and get. Uh, <laughs> Same his ass is in his ear, <laughs> judging by what he normally does. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, uh, Pascal Klein uh, sent us in a mail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pascal Klein. Okay. Something amusing about that. <laughs> yeah. no. do, you have, do you have some kind of witty comment about this gentleman's name? Absolutely not. Would you like to make any kind of hysterical comments about him? Uh, nope. No. She, if, if he wants to be named after what you do to get rid of people on IRC channels, that's fine with me. <laughs> K-Line. <laughs> it's Pastel. Pastel. Pascal K-Line. <laughs> I can't hear from him anymore. I know what it feels like to get banned <laughs> yep. from IRC. I, I, I've got an email here from Eric Kickban. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have an email from Shut the Fuck Up. <laughs> right, so... Pascal says uh, the subject is that Scott fellow. I think he's referring to Three Shot. Yeah. Ah, Mr. Remnant. Scott James Three Shot <laughs> Remnant. Why do we call him Three Shot? Because when we played paintball, paintball, not that you two would remember, but when we played paintball, he had this fantastic system of taking three shots. The first one was like, shows you how far it was going to go. And the second one would be like, get you more on target. And the third one would always hit. See, see, when, we, when, when we did system. paintball after Lug Radio Live 2005 you just drank tea all afternoon um, I, I had this fantastic go to the pub and eat a really nice dinner and not getting muddy was delicious <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway Mr. K Line uh, says uh, hey chaps just thought I'd voice a request to keep that Scott fellow you had on, on the show in one of the recent episodes in future shows I guess he's more laid back and swears less than the rest of you more laid back than Lug Radio <laughs> that's interesting um, I guess with four of you already that's a good thing winky smile less of that please <laughs> hope more uh, of that we love like, like, like like winky emoticons. smiles Th- those, those of you who didn't see this by the way um, Jonathan Edward James Bacon thanks for that has, compl- <laughs> has complained on his website that people use winky smiley too much the so we'd like to see you, we'd like to see show at like org absolutely deluged by winky smiles no <laughs> no <laughs> wouldn't we Jono wouldn't we Jono you see you see they're now winking at me you see how stupid that looks <laughs> do you know what I was interested about I'll get to why don't you read his email oh, first fuck it I'll get to that in a second <laughs> right I wrote a blog entry about the Jacosia Hackfest, right? Yeah. Two comments, right? <laughs> yeah. This interesting detail about the future of multi-track editing on the I'm GNOME desktop. i already, to be right? Yeah, it was very... <laughs> <laughs> and then the winky thing, right? 37 comments or whatever. That's you're wrong. Nah, yeah. You appreciate sure the converted. You've seen my How to Be Rich and Famous page, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. A thousand comments, and then I closed <laughs> off commenting. <laughs> so, uh, he says about Scott, he says, I uh, hope he can be on more in the future. We'd love well, to have Scott plan, back. yeah. We would do. He's a good man. He says, "Oh yeah, if you guys if you guys could interview someone from the free culture slash Creative Commons community, that would be neat." So we'll definitely queue someone up from the Creative Commons. We've not had anyone from the Creative Commons. No, we, we haven't. No, have we? we did. We did speak no. to Leslie once, but he couldn't make it for an interview. Yeah, he was in a plane. So, in a plane. Yeah, in a plane. As opposed to being on it. Yeah, in a in a plane. Because that would be drafty if you were on it. 
Yeah, it would be. It would and, and cold. And of course, it's scientifically improbable. Yes. <laughs> according, according to Aid, I speak the lies, Bradshaw, <laughs> who doesn't believe that planes can fly. It's true. <laughs> anyway, moving on. He doesn't just, deny just, it, by the way. Just, right. just stop there. E- email. Take a breath. <laughs> email from uh, a chap called Ian, who says he's a lug radio syndrome sufferer. So yeah, good. Um, sufferer. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a sufferer. Um, what he says is... Uh, he was wishing that Amrock was a GTK app. Um, uh, but so then he, go but, back a little bit. What's but, Amrock? Uh, KDE Media Music Player. Okay, it's KDE. Uh, uh, insanely uh, feature-packed. Really? It's okay, like okay, it's a bit ridiculous, to be honest. Okay. It's very good, though. Lots of people seem to like it. Yeah, it's, it's um, very, okay. very, very says, good. Uh, John, I will like this. Uh, I then began to wonder if there was any project that tried to go to Universal Toolkit standard. With things like freedesktop.org and Wave New Open Standards, uh, I figured there could be a sort of Rosetta Stone for the different toolkits Ooh. that would allow program to, programmers to write a program using this toolkit, which would then allow users to choose which toolkit QT or GTK should draw the program. So the idea is you invent a, 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 a toolkit abstraction layer, right? an abstraction, layer. abstraction layer, <laughs> and, then, and then you just say, be a cute GTK don't program, be a QT program. The answer is, no, you can't do it. And I've been trying to explain this to Johnny for 10 years, and he doesn't listen. Uh, no, that's wrong. Oh, surely you just no, what you've been what you've been disagreeing with, with me on is unified theming. No, uh, no, okay, fair play. So, yes. so take it back, you infidel. Okay, I take it back. <laughs> You're wrong about unified theming. <laughs> Less of that. And in, in, in QT4... Supports CSS controlled theming. I d- it does. Oh, wiki so anyway, anyway, anyway. Oh, uh, there's one. There's one other um, quick thing he says. He's, he says I'm it isn't aid free up your wiki, is it? No. Unfortunately. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I'm attempting to start a Linux that. help and content site at, at lovinglinux.com, so people could submit knowledge and tips and tricks. Um, maybe someone would like to publish notes and how-tos they've made on the web. I mean, I can think of someone who's got a load of notes and how-tos that he doesn't want to publish on the web. I thought you he, said it didn't say that. It, it doesn't say that. I've just added that last little bit on. So where is it? What, uh, what loving interest, Linux. So are there hundreds of singles lonely tonight looking for fun? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question. Loving Linux, not love in Linux. Well, I presume you can read sex tips for geeks. If you just ring 1-800-geek-sex. <laughs> I bet that's real. Go that on, be the McDonald's helpline or something Shut now. Up. <laughs> I've got a question about that. He's, it's interesting. He's starting a new site about Linux tips. Now, as far as I know, there's bloody millions of them already <laughs> out there. So why don't you contribute to some existing ones? Yeah, I mean, that's I'd say the same thing. Maybe that's an, a future discussion. Yes. Not, not that we want to piss on your bonfire or anything, Ian, but... I think the pissing's already occurred. It, it might be worthwhile contributing to some existing ones, or, or joining the community around the existing one, trying to move it in the direction you'd like to see things go. But this, this is a frequent site in the community, isn't it? Is a lot of people j- just want to create something new because they feel yeah. like it's their, their, yeah. their, their, their particular way. Okay, well, at least they're making a contribution. Exact, Amundo. We've had a... Uh, one last email there, Johnny. Y- yes, one last email. We had a, a, an email from Frenulum Whitley. <laughs> I don't believe his name is <laughs> that Frenulum, would be, That would be Philem. <laughs> no, it's Frenulum. That's how it's pronounced. <laughs> he says, infuriated email being penned as we speak. <laughs> My name is not pronounced like the bit on the end of your deck. Or the bottom of your deck, actually. <laughs> the banjo string. May of mine snapped his banjo string. <gasps> Yeah, he had to have it sewn up. Damn, that's and gotta hurt. He was awake while it happened. Ooh. Oh, nice. Enjoy well, that. When it snapped. I would he think awa- he would be awake. No, <laughs> he was sewn it up. Didn't happen in his sleep. Can you imagine getting the injection to? I'd anyway, rather, I'd rather hear the email. To be did honest, did his helmet fall off? <laughs> no, it's the. You see, there's a big misconception that it it basically hangs in together. <laughs> it's like doing up the top bit of your coat. <laughs> Or you can read the email. <laughs> so, Frenulum. Um, he, sends a, he sends us a mail saying, <laughs> saying, saying, Hi lads, uh, just read this article. 
at uh, www.linux-watch.com slash news slash ns80067739433. This article basically talks about uh, how one of the major advantages of uh, Microsoft is that they've got MSDN and lots and lots of uh, resources at MSDN, which I think, yes, no one's going to deny is, is a pretty good resource. He says the free in this article it says the Free Standards Group is a non-profit organization dedicated to developing and promoting open source software standards. Announced today that it's that it's partnered with the O'Reilly Media uh, Network to offer similar services for Linux application Ooh, developers. Interesting. As part of its LSB uh, developer network. So he's basically referring to that, and he says, "Yeah, I did that once." He's, he, he I was says, off my head. Oh, LSB, right. LSB, yeah, that's yeah, right, Abe, yeah. 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 So I, thought says, say, I thought you said, why don't you contribute some documentation to the open source community? <laughs> that would have been off my head. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Abe drunk, and he might contribute something to open source. Uh, he says, he says, and thought it, I thought... Screw this, you. Screw <laughs> yeah, you just sell us down the river, wouldn't they? <laughs> he says... Um, and you too, Bacon, not what you're laughing about. Face. He says, I, I thought it'd be an interesting topic to talk to the guys who set it up. It's a pretty important step in getting good infrastructure in place to stop people quite rightly moaning about how to how to develop for Linux. Yeah. Keep up the awesome show and get up to Glasgow at some point. So, well, love to. Sounds like a great idea, actually. Um, NMSDN for Linux. You know, it's funny, when I went to Guadec a couple of years ago with Paul, Paul and I were talking about a similar sort of thing, and we were like, this is a really great idea, but as is usual, you don't have the time to set it up. So I'm really pleased that the same sort of thing's been set we'll up. we have to get them on. Yeah, definitely you need to get them on. That sounds pretty funky stuff. Just, I'm not going to read any more out, but just to say, we've had mails... From Chris Tudorsky, Damien Kelly, loads of them. Uh, Philip Banks about Lug Radio USA. Philip Banks suggested maybe doing it at the SoCal Linux Expo in Los Angeles. SoCal, SoCal. Um, and there's been some other suggestions. So keep them coming in. Keep talking to each other about this. We're definitely interested in Lug Radio Live in the US. And there's more and more stuff um, formulating yeah, about it. Pe- Indeed, pe- there is. M- most most of the mails we've got are, are people saying. We're doing our best to put together a a semi formal proposal, a quite well organised proposal. And that's excellent. Yeah, importantly, so, it needs it needs to be fairly complete about what you'd like to do. Obviously, it doesn't need to be completely yeah. detailed. But I mean, I mean most of the mails we've had are people saying we're trying to put that kind of thing together. Fantastic, and that's, and that's yep. excellent if you are. But again, I mean, we've had a few people put in um, um, send us mail saying we're doing this, and you might want to get on the forums, uh, forums.lagradio.org, and talk about the fact that you're putting together a proposal. I'll never see it. Then, ha- will other I? people <laughs> have other people talk about. <laughs> The, the fact that they're putting together a proposal and then all of you get together. Yes. And, um, and Let's get together. Maybe, <laughs> you know, right now. Let's your get efforts. together. <laughs> it's been a good show. Thanks for tuning in. It has. It's been brilliant. Thank so, you very much. Uh, see you soon. Sorry Matt wasn't here. Yes. <laughs> and hopefully Matt will be back next time. With a note. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs>